0: This This podcast podcast belongs in a museum. museum. It's It's harmless phosphorescence. Podcasts. Very dangerous. You go first. This is your host, Throat Smiley, who's joining me this week.
1: (laughs) I'm Josh Cece, and when a Nazi comes along, you must whip it throw me the mic,
2: and I'll throw you the whip. I'm Brian Lesh. Something that man was not meant to disturb. I'm
0: Alaric Weber. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) true. You don't want to wake him up. (laughs) Yeah, wake up, Al, and then your face melts from
1: the beams of light.
0: Uh, This is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where normally we watch uh, superhero movies, but uh, we have got ourselves a little mini-series going here in honor of A brand new Indiana Jones movie coming out in uh, about a month. We are doing the uh, entire Indiana Jones series starting today. Um... This show is brought to you by patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You want to be a patron, go to patreon.com harmlessentertainment. we got a bunch of bonus content there. A buck a month is all you need to get started, guys. That will get you our monthly movies. We just put up Encino Man. We did Jack and Jill before that. There's no rhyme or reason. Um, we just do movies. Um... This week on Harmless Phosphorescence, like I said, we are going to be watching Raiders of the Lost Ark.
3: For nearly 3,000 years, man has searched for the Lost Ark of the Covenant. The Bible speaks of the Ark leveling mountains and laying
1: waste to entire regions. Not something to be taken lightly. No one knows its secrets. Jones, do you realize what the Ark is? It's
2: a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. An
3: army which carries the Ark before it is invincible. The Ark, it is their Atanis. then it is something that man was not meant to disturb. It is protected by forces
0: beyond imagination. is desired above all treasures on earth by those who are good trust me and those who are evil
4: i'll tell you everything yes i know you will raiders of the lost ark let her go If you still want the ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo.
3: Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas.
0: of the Lost Ark. Woo. Um, that trailer was a sleeper. Yeah. That <laughs> they, was... really didn't
5: make, they didn't make them well back in the day, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that was not one of the all-time great trailers. Um, oh. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark was released June 12, 1981 at a running time of 115 minutes. It cost $20 million, and it made $390 million. Um, which, you yeah, know, that's, that's like, you know, Star Wars levels back in the day.
1: Over the years, did anybody else ever get the impression that maybe this was the franchise George really liked? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, think he started I mean,
5: digging
1: himself a hole. And then...
5: All that money he spent on young Indiana Jones and stuff oh, my too. God, he yeah. really, yeah. He cared more about this, I think. Yeah, you're right, than Star Wars. Star Wars also is more to bite off, I think, and then chew Mm. on than this. This is easy. You make a place that looks old instead of making a place that looks novel.
1: Right. And, you know, Lawrence Kasdan worked with him very closely, and he tells a funny story about um, Empire Strikes Back when they're in his office just trying to get the outline and everything. George is like, you know... Darth Vader is Luke's father. (laughs) Lawrence (laughs) Lawrence Kasdan says he looked at him and he went, "No shit, (laughs) like that would be helpful. (laughs) Like good to know, George." (laughs) Yeah, I think it might take the script in a different direction.
5: (laughs) Fucking George Lucas. If he didn't speak German, it wasn't obvious. Oh my god, George
1: Lucas. Because I hope he's like Taika Waititi. You know, they asked him, like, did you do any research to play Hitler? And he was all, fuck that guy. And so I hope Lawrence Kasdan has the same attitude. Like, we're not using real German. They're just going to mumble because fuck those
5: guys. I love the mumble German. Oh, I love my I do too.
1: Yeah, I do it's too. a choice.
0: Yeah, that's exactly is a choice. Absolutely. um Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, I think this was uh, Harrison Ford's. Favorite too, because the way he the way he talks about indie as opposed to how he talks about Han Solo, he, he has the favorite kid. I mean, he's a classic film character that
5: feels like it had existed already. Whereas yeah. Han Solo is like,
1: well, so Han, Han Solo is just you know sort of Zorro, Errol Flynn, yeah. you know, just like the dashing rogue. There's
0: no the, liber, the libertine originally. Not really.
5: Yeah. Not really. I mean, we got it over time. It didn't make him better. No. But You know. But we got it, and I think that Harrison probably hated that because it didn't make him
0: better. Right. No, it absolutely didn't make him better. Um,
5: it just stopped the siblings from kissing each other, which is fine. Once a nerf
2: herder, always a nerf herder.
0: <laughs> Straight <laughs> that is up, true.
1: Blood in, blood
0: out. <laughs> uh. Vatos Locos forever, carnal. Um, you guys ready to play the uh, box office top 10 game? Yes. Here it is. Oh, the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week mm-hmm. of June 12th, 1981. And these fellows are going to try to guess what movie I'm describing based on the box office mojo description. Here we go, guys. Number 10 for the week of June 12th, 1981. Lester is a homeless shoe shine boy living in a railway station. He's got this funny knack for picking the winning horse's names out of the paper while shining shoes. When word gets around, though, everyone wants a piece of the action. <laughs> this poster. Uh, is, is this Gary Coleman? It is, yeah. Oh, what's
1: oh. it called? <laughs> what? It's, I want to watch it. Whatever. I it saw is. this
2: on TV.
0: It's it's co- when I was a kid.
2: <laughs> like many times, it was always on Channel Eleven.
0: I have a real like vague <laughs> memory that. of this from being little. Okay.
1: Day at the no, that's a March. That's...
0: It's kind of uh, got that that sort of like naming though. It's like a uh, it's it's definitely a, a horse horse uh, racing. All right, one to show. It's called on the right track. Okay. I'll uh, buy that for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's him, like, because he lit, he lives in a locker in the bus station.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: And it's like, yep.
1: I know my height is a device, but could you cut me some slack? I live in a locker.
0: There's like a pillow and stuff. It's like he's a little house in there. <laughs> he's not a mouse. He's like, <laughs> he's a fully, he's a, he's an adult man. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart um, number nine, the sole surviving Texas ranger of an ambush arranged by outlaw leader, major Bartholomew Cavendish returns to fight back. Cavendish. This is a known R- IP. It's not just like a one-off western. This is this is IP right here. Um it's a this was a modern Jersey Wales? No, no. This was oh. a modern update of a classic film character, film oh. television radio character. Is, is it this, Clint Eastwood? It is not Clint Eastwood. It's not Clint Eastwood. Is this okay. a Zorro or something? It's not a Zorro. <laughs> but that's kind of the right track. Lone Um, Ranger? Lone Ranger, yeah! It's called The Legend of the Lone Ranger. I remember... 81? Yeah, I remember watching this. I don't remember much about it. Um, Christopher Lloyd plays the bad guy. Wow.
1: Cavendish?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's see. Clinton (laughs) Spillsbury
5: plays the Lone
0: Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) What?
5: Yeah, I don't know. And that catapulted him to instant stardom. Yeah, yeah House is a household, household name. name, yeah. We yeah. all know him. My grandmother has photos
0: up
1: of him. I mean, his house is a household, so
0: yeah. A household name.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh um at number 8 this week. When Dr. Horatio Kane is kidnapped and forced to create an army of martial artists, his daughter Candy Kane <laughs> It's the only one who can help. She enlists what? the help of Steve Chase to save her father and the day. They're like I'm supposed to know who Steve Chase is. I know. I love when they do that.
1: It's just like Jennifer's life is. <laughs> um,
0: this is. A, I guess it's a sequel to something. Hmm. Because it tells us that James Ryan is back in. And then underneath that it says the challenge continues. Oh, Death Race? No. It's I uh, no one's gonna get it. It's really generic. It's called Kill and Kill Again. Alright. Like yeah. some sort of like martial arts. Just it sounds like a Bond movie. Yeah. But no. yeah, it's some sort of like martial arts thing. He's like a the white guy who can do karate kind of thing.
1: The Chuck Norris. Yeah. If you're making a martial art movie, it has to be, you have to enter. The dragon enters, the fist enters. Something enters. Yeah, stage left.
0: Uh, um, At number seven this week, a federal marshal stationed at a mining colony on the Jupiter moon of Io uncovers a drug smuggling conspiracy. He gets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no help from the workers or authorities when he finds himself marked for murder. On Jupiter's moon, he's the only law. He's got like a shotgun. Where like, are the drugs
1: being smuggled to and from? And we're still concerned with that. The stars?
0: Uh, Ganymede.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's where the fentanyl comes from. It's like, wow, we've mastered interstellar travel, but we're still fighting the war on drugs.
0: Yeah, this stars Sean Connery and Peter Boyle. Oh shit!
1: Huh. Um, Moonbase moon Alpha. Eh,
0: that's a good guy. It's called <laughs> Outland. I've <clears throat> heard of that. Yeah, Sean Connery when he was in that period where he wasn't like completely gray, but he had the beard. Mm-hmm. Um, at number. Okay. Six this week. <clears throat> Failed parolee Joe Braxton has one last shot at redemption. Driving school kids to Philadelphia. Driving them, you say? Driving school kids to Philadelphia. This is what you <laughs> prior. It's a condition
1: of your parole.
0: This poster is wild in a modern context.
1: Is it just called school bus?
0: This poster. It's not called School Bus. Um, He's mad. He's bad. He's Richard Pryor starring with Cicely Tyson in. Oh, Moving Violations? No, no. Bustin' Uh, Loose. Oh, Oh. Bustin'
1: Loose. That was that. Um, You can have your parole if you drive a bunch of kids around.
0: But but the poster. (laughs) Things have changed. (laughs) The poster is Richard Pryor. Like, standing in the middle of, like, a dirt road and, like, a in pri- like prison blues. And behind him is the clan. <laughs> just Jeez. standing behind
1: him. Wow. He doesn't get enough credit for his standalone movies, though. Critical condition and moving. Ooh, are, moving is so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he gets mad and gives the guy the wrong finger. And then he's just devastated <laughs> for, like, two more. <laughs> I gave him the wrong finger. Yeah, was that the Rest toy? No, that's moving. It was just him and his family trying to move.
2: Because huh. I know I've seen that scene. I just don't remember seeing that movie. Anyways, it was
1: probably one of those that was on TV and cable because, like, it wasn't particularly raunchy. He, it was a departure. He was like a trying to play a dad, a Bill Cosby type dad. Yeah, uh- it was probably on TV.
0: Uh, Number five this week. Three couples vacation together every season. After one divorces, feelings of betrayal and more spawn criticisms of one another. But the things that keep them together are stronger than those which might pull them apart. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) Starring Alan Alda and Carol Burnett. Oh, I know
1: this. But I love this, like, Bob and Carol, Ted and Alice, get their groove back.
0: Yeah, basically. Um,
1: (laughs) I know this, though. Um, Obviously, it's not ordinary people.
0: Um, Also got Sandy Dennis and Rita Moreno in here. Um, It's called The Four Seasons. Wow. Yeah. I
1: mean, I was 5 and 81. I mean, I was watching television, but I guess
0: not absorbing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, at number four this week, uh, disguised as ice cream vendors, two stoners make and subsequently lose millions of dollars selling a batch of marijuana with an unusual side effect. Nice dreams. Nice dreams. Cheech and or Chong. Sergeant <laughs> yeah. He He just wants to
1: steal their wing, their weed at this point.
0: The tagline and He
1: turned into a lizard, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Uh the tagline to this is just the story of two enterprising young men who make an amazing amount of money selling ice cream. <laughs> wow. that,
1: and the, the whole truck was made of weed, right? No, that's up and spoke. Uh, I, sure. yeah. <laughs>
0: I was going too. Far for from. for my money, that's the best one person, I think. But, up yeah, and spoke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like.
1: Corsigan
5: Brothers. Yeah, I have a soft spot for Corsican Brothers. It's so bad, but I
0: love watching it. Cheech, and same with Nice Dreams. Yeah, Cheech and Chong was a crazy phenomena <laughs> that they got to yeah. make these movies, and so Paul many Rubens was in next movie, I believe. Oh, yeah! Mm-hmm. Wow.
5: I early Simpsons Homer is always referencing Cheech and Chong as his like favorite thing, but he doesn't smoke weed. That's the most fascinating thing to me about Cheech and Chong, is their popularity among people who don't smoke weed.
0: Yeah, who are just like, oh,
5: those silly stoners. Yeah, they still think it's funny. It's like, damn, come come join
1: us. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I'll send you off to military school like that goddamn Finkelstein shit kid. <laughs> That's not even <laughs>
0: delivered by either of them, and it's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, number, uh, three this week. Um, okay. The history of mankind covering events from the old Testament to the French revolution. Is this history of the world? Part Part one. One. Part one. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We finally got 81. Yeah. It's not bad. I love them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not bad at all. No, I'm sorry. The movie's fantastic. Oh, Oh, part two. Uh, But part two is not too bad. It's chopped up like a series, so it, it's very different. I still need to go yeah. check it out.
0: Yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I keep meaning to.
1: I'm a stand-up philosopher. Oh, a bullshit artist.
0: <laughs> uh, number two this week, Perseus must battle Medusa and the Kraken to save the Princess Andromeda. Clash of the Titans. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Star of my man, Harry Hamlin
1: and the robotic owl he was my favorite yeah
0: the owl was great um yeah I yeah I just remember wanting a pegasus so bad that's another
1: one with like kid nudity and mom nudity
0: <laughs> there was a lot they're greek There's there a was lot a lot of lot nudity back then. Yeah. yeah oh but just this time period yeah anyway um, and number one in 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the United States government to find the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis can obtain its awesome powers.
1: Dude, if you read that, if you didn't know any. Oh, man. If I read it's that blurb cool. in the paper, I would have been like, I'm seeing it, this. That movie. is
5: yeah. one hell of an elevator pitch for a movie, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, what's the... Alter- like, I'm thinking, like, uh, New Hope. A farm boy joins an adventure on an intergalactic blob. Like, there's a lot of moving parts to get that story kind of up and off the ground. Evil Empire, all that stuff. But right. archaeologist stopping the Nazis from obtaining magic.
1: Yeah. And the Ark of the Covenant. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have that Christian sort of mysticism involved, too. So, like... And you have sciency people who are, you know, imagine in eighty one. Now we have Jurassic Park and all that shit, and yeah. indeed. So it's like, but imagine eighty one people that were into paleontology and archaeology and shit just being like, what? Like, I never, wow. I never <laughs> compared those cool. two,
5: but they are really similar in that sense of like being a untapped thing at that point, like untapped in a good way. Yeah. You know?
1: Right. Right. Like no one had be- done it at quality. What? Well, and the public couldn't argue with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like nobody yeah. could say that's not how archaeology goes. Like, well, how do you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, what I found interesting this watch through it that I'd never really thought about before is that um, nothing supernatural happens until like three quarters of the way through the movie. The entire beginning is just him like, ah, if you believe in that kind of stuff, and then, yeah. then we not until like the uh, it starts burning the Nazi symbol off the crate when they're on their way to Greece does it do anything supernatural yeah um so that is a good way into the film production of Raiders of the Lost Ark um I mean I'm not gonna like go super super deep on this because there's this is a very very well documented film and how it was made and it's impact um there's whole documentaries about the making of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, there was uh, those kids in the 90s, late 90s. Well, no, no. They started in the 80s and finished in like 97. That remade Raiders of the Lost Ark themselves shot for shot. Um, they hmm. started when they were like eight years old and finally finished when they were like 28. Um, so... Um, it's hilarious because the 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 uh, video and film quality varies immensely, as do their ages. Yeah. They pulled it off. So, they uh,
2: Indiana Jones goes from 8 to 28. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. In the course of... Yeah, over the course of, of the making yeah. of the film, yeah.
1: But uh, I think their goal was more is like that Gus Van Zandt psycho, like, can I recreate these shots... Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I mean they did it every single shot, including the big chase scene. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. um, Screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman. Um, produced by George Lucas, of course. I mean. I'm not going to go into George Lucas. We know who George Lucas is. Um, Lawrence Kasdan, you know, like we were saying a little earlier, worked closely with George Lucas a lot, as well as uh, uh, Spielberg here and there. Um, Let's see, his writing credits. His first writing credit is The Empire Strikes Back, and his second is Raiders of the Lost Ark. That is like a one-two punch to come out with.
1: But then he went on to have quite a career. He's even directed. Yeah, he, um, he wrote. And, of course, his son, Jake Kasdan, you know, he directed yeah. Orange County, which <laughs> he, is one of my favorite movies. That's a good movie. Such a good movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, um, Kasdan went on. He wrote and directed The Big Chill. He wrote Return of the Jedi. Um, Grand Canyon. It's funny. All of his his work that he directs himself is all things like that. The Big Chill, Grand Canyon. I love Big Chill. The Accidental Tourist. Like,
1: so imagine he and George and Steven. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like a boomer nostalgia trifecta. Like just feeding into each other. You know, Big Chill, American Graffiti. I guess Spielberg. You can't quite nail down, but uh, yeah, the Big Chill. He should have gotten jail time for that.
0: Oh God, the big chill. Yeah, talk, fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> that fucking movie. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, like, remember
1: when things were so cool ten years ago? <laughs> right. Stop whining. We're forty. <laughs> right. It wasn't that long ago.
0: Yeah. Um. The uh. uh Philip Kaufman is probably the least known of these guys um, who has a writing credit or, you know, a story by credit on this. Um, he was a writer director in his own right. He was friends with George and Stephen. Um, he wrote and directed The Unbearable Lightness of Being, The Right Stuff, um, oh, wow. Henry and June.
1: He directed The Right Stuff? Yep. Wow. So that dude's responsible for the slow motion walk. That's been used so many times. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just in the in endgame most recently.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Guardians. Yes, Guardians, they love
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. Um before uh Raiders <laughs> he had... Then Homer
1: trips and falls <laughs> midwalk. Right.
0: Before Raiders, uh he did uh The Wanderers, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the seventy eight remake of it. Um, That's a really good one. It is. That's Nim. That's Nimoy
1: and Sutherland.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, Souther- Uh, yeah, Sutherland, Jeff Goldblum, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, I um, love that version. Yeah. So, um, there's a really interesting um audio recording, um, of these four guys: Stephen, George, Lawrence Kasdan, and Philip Kaufman, sitting around in a room brainstorming about this movie and what it's awesome. going to have. It's like a 45-minute conversation, and they're just talking about, like, well, what if he does this, or what if he does that? Um, awesome. Yeah, it was a, yeah, or a, like a story meeting they had about it that they recorded. It was really interesting. Um, where this comes in Spielberg's career, just to put it into uh, context, <laughs> um, so this was... Oh, my God. His career is insane. So, okay. <laughs> no, it is. That man's career is insane. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He invented modern cinema in a way. This came after 1941. This was his big comeback from his first bomb. I don't I don't know if it's his only bomb at this point because he's made a lot of movies in the last 25 years that are like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Batteries Not Included didn't do well. He didn't direct that, though. He just produced it. Oh, I swore you Oh. Wow. Um Okay. Yeah. Um well, I mean, always was um was kind of a oh, a bit in. of a bomb. Um But uh yeah, 1941, which I personally again, I was a childhood favorite of mine. I haven't seen it since I was probably 12 years old, so I don't know what it's how it is. 1941? Holds up. Yeah. I don't I know I think how it, it
1: holds works. up. Well, it just has some pacing problems. Mm. Is all I, I think
0: it's a cool. Yeah, I think it probably didn't deserve. Shiro Mufuni is awesome oh in the jumbo Lucy movie. He's yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> Shiro Mufuni and Slim Pickens sharing a screen yeah. together, <laughs> like what the fuck? Uh, yeah. He's like, didn't I write a
1: bomb onto your city? <laughs> wow. Wasn't <laughs> Mafuni in Seven
5: Samurai and all that yes. stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, He was like Kurosawa's like. Uh, That's right. He was the main. Like Tarantino had dudes. He had dudes. Yeah.
0: So all right. Other. He was
1: that, the Clint Eastwood of. Because Sergio Leone then looked at him to make. Yeah.
0: So okay, He's I a I just really quickly want to go through Spielberg's run here. So, um, Duel and the Sugarland Express. Okay, those are his two like. Just kind of making it movies that are both pretty good. Those are pretty good movies. And then Jaws, which, you know, it's fucking Jaws. It changed everything. Yeah, it did.
1: There are so many old 70s directors who won't really come out and talk shit about them, but they haven't. They have talked about how Jaws fucked up the auteur cinema vibe that the 70s had cultivated.
0: Yeah, I mean, it did. I mean, I don't think. I mean,. You can't really hold Spielberg responsible for that. He got hired to make a movie, and he made it.
1: Yeah, no, 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 for sure. I, no, I don't blame him for anything, but it, he, he developed the blockbuster. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so we have Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, then 1941, then Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Indiana Jones and the Temple of Dune, The Color Purple, Empire of the Sun, Always, Last Crusade, Hook, Jurassic Park, Schindler's List
1: that I wish it was the temple of dune dude <laughs> Indiana
0: Jones on a rack <laughs> uh, that run right there he's all I hate
1: snake sandworm <laughs> <laughs> oh the snake's so big
0: that's <laughs> the worst snake of all <laughs> um yeah that's an incredible run of movies right there there's a couple that are like you know always in 1941. Um, are not considered masterpieces, but everything else there is like, like even the ones that didn't like get him what he wanted, like empire of the sun and the color of purple are both really good movies.
1: Well, and don't forget all the movies he produced
0: in giant
1: quotes at this time. Like we know that he never produces, he Mm co-directs and gives himself a producer
0: back to the future.
1: Goonies, Goonies, Gremlins, those are all, like, I don't have time, but here's what I think should happen.
0: Yeah, I'll show up on set, like, like four or five days and, like, tell you where to put the camera.
1: Right. And since you're the friend I got hired to direct, and, you'll be fine with it.
0: Yeah. And even after that, I mean, the rest of his 90s and 2000s, like, yeah, I'm looking at this, and I'm just like, okay, no, these are all really good movies, other than uh, Lost World, which is... It's an interesting film. And some I like The it, Lost World. Yeah. yeah. The book is
5: different. It is. Yeah. I don't well, think that it's a better or worse thing. I think that it's very much they're just different.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, but then Amistad, Saving Private Ryan, AI, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can. Like, those are all great movies. Yeah. Um, the Terminal is a little, okay. Yeah. Um, Fablemans was good I enjoyed oh, that Fablemans was great then like what War of the Worlds Munich and Crystal Skull um, well, War of the Worlds I is it...
5: a, not a good movie no it's, no, not. it's not
0: but it was yeah. a hit at least <laughs> it
5: was starring Tom Cruise I yeah. mean, if they had
0: failed together that would have been mm. spectacular from, <laughs> from, from that point on he's a little hit or miss because we have Crystal Skull Adventures of Tintin Warhorse, Lincoln Bridge of Spies, the BFG, The Post, Ready Player One, West Side Story, and the Fablemans. So there's some really good stuff in there and some like okay. Yeah. Um But um yeah, so this movie stars, of course, Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones.
2: Taking this way back, um George Lucas's original name was Indiana Smith.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad they. <laughs> Doctor Smith. I'm glad that they uh, changed that. Indiana Smith is not as good of a name. Mm, no. Um. No. So <laughs> Germany's declared
2: war. Germany's declared war on the Smith boys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um so yeah of course like this was this was at an interesting place in Ford's career too um the, the movie he made right before this was the empire strikes back the movie he made right after it was blade runner wow. so like that's like empire strikes back raiders blade runner return of the jedi temple of doom witness <laughs> mosquito coast <laughs> frantic Working girl, Last Crusade. Like, damn, Harrison, take a breath.
2: <laughs> uh, apparently Tom Selleck was initially cast as Indiana Jones. He was. I don't know.
0: Um, I, there's actually there's pictures of him in the outfit.
5: I think it would've been fine. He, it wouldn't have been the same. It would have been fine. I don't think we would have ever thought, oh man, it's a shame this wasn't Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. Like the same way that we don't think, oh, it's a shame that it wasn't, you know, Burt Reynolds or whatever.
0: Um, there were a few other interesting considerations. Um, Nick Nolte was kind of like third choice, but there was a bunch of people that auditioned or were seen, had meetings, uh, including Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin. All of those guys would have been weird. Yeah. I, I could see Bill Murray, maybe. Maybe? He's not. not, He doesn't have the physicality necessary for this role. Yeah. Um,
2: Jack. Jack Nicholson. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. So Sam Elliott,
0: and Harry Hamlin, who was in Clash of the Titans. The only ones I could see in this role outside of Selleck, um, that would maybe be Nick Nolte, or Jeff Bridges.
5: I always get Tom Selleck and Burt Reynolds mixed up in my head somehow. Oh, (laughs) Uh, some mustaches.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Of course, we have. Uh, finally, some Karen fucking Allen up in here for my bo- my boy Gene Siskel.
1: <laughs> yeah. Is it the right amount?
0: Uh. Um.
1: Yes, it is. She's it awesome. is.
0: It is the exact right amount of Karen Allen. Yeah. Um. So she. Uh, let's see. Um. Some others that were considered were Deborah Deborah Winger. That's who George Lucas wanted in the role. Um, she would have been fine. Yeah, Barb. They they wanted someone who was gave an uh, Golden Age of Hollywood kind of vibe, like Barbara Stanwick or
1: uh, Anne I
0: Sheridan. She, I feel like Karen Elm pulls that off. I feel like she does. Definitely, she she gives me a real um. um Bacall kind of vibe I think yeah. like bogey and they've got a bogey and Bacall thing going on
1: they definitely do right down to like Sam's you know like mm-hmm. of all the gin joints in all yeah. of Nepal <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Karen Allen she she well she had a really good career there for a while um Animal House. Animal House. Oh, yeah. she fucked Donald Sutherland in that, didn't she? Wasn't she one of those the girl that Yeah Yeah, he, uh, he
1: was the professor. The yeah, <laughs> we
0: got to see his ass <laughs> that one. Yep. Yeah. Um she was in Manhattan. Um then uh after this shoot the moon, Starman. Scrooged. Yep. Yeah, Scrooge. She was great in Scrooge. She was
1: adorable in that, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but Starman, she was really great in that with Jeff Bridges. That's a Carpenter. Um, that oh, she was the mom in The Sandlot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, huh. She was in Malcolm X. Um, she was Malcolm X, right? <laughs> I thought she played M. O. K.
1: <laughs> Jesus goes like that's the right amount. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize how much she got to keep working. Good for her because I feel like she kind of disappeared, but she didn't. She's got a filmography all the way through the two thousands. Yeah, I um, think she
5: was the wife in the Perfect
0: Storm too. Yeah, she's been yeah. in other Oscar in the movies. Bedroom. Um, yeah, that was a great movie. Um, she uh, she's a good.
1: She's a good actress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just
5: always think she's Sally Field every time I see her, though. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you can't pin down Sally Field or Burt Reynolds. That makes me feel it's, so old. Yeah. That is Smokey and the Bandit.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, they all blur together to me. Like, oh, wow, you're really wearing that mustache.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, I never – yeah, I get the mustache well, thing, but, like, it's it was Magnum, <laughs> and then, right? like – like, Magnum well, was so just part of my childhood.
1: You want to know So This is how fucking I hate Hollywood. Sally Field played um, Tom Hanks' like, here, contemporary in stand-up. Her mm-hmm. punchline, I mean. Oh, punchline. and then Forrest Gump. Yeah, and then just a few years later, she's his mom.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck what you, fucking Hollywood. Break.
1: Like, she instantly got entered into that mom, grandma, Aunt May thing.
5: That's like, uh, what's immediately. Tina Polar or uh, T- uh, Tina Fey. Amy Poehler in uh, Mean Girls is four years older than what's her name, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, and she's right. her mother. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Ugh. Uh Um. Paul Freeman plays Belloc. Um. Paul Freeman. Let, hmm. This is definitely the only thing I really know him from. He ha- he's has a long and storied career though. Dogs of War. Um, oh, he was in Shanghai Surprise German? with Madonna. Oh, oh. Is he a German actor? Belloc? He, well, he, mm, I don't think so. No. no. He's English. I think
5: that accent's pretty fake, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's English.
1: He just has those striking blue eyes.
0: Looks mm.
5: like
1: Udo Kier.
2: Uh, recall he Waskinski. was in... Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers,
0: 1995. He was. He was. Ivan, I will not recall. He was Ivan Ooze. Wow. Jesus fucks Yeah. Um. Dude, still working. 2022. He was in a movie called The Man from Rome. Um.
2: Oh, he was the Reverend in Hot Fuzz.
0: Oh. Interest. Uh, Ronald Lacey as Major Arnold Tot. Um, that's uh, this dude behind me here yeah um, <laughs> who cemented that
1: like evil German oh god I yeah
4: a little bit high
1: yeah. Dr. Uh, I, I thought you were I am
5: Swiss is all I think every time I see him because the winter soldier joke about what's his face being Swiss mm. I'm like I don't buy that this guy's German but I buy that he buys into the German idea
1: yeah uh, yeah let's say the swiss weren't exactly neutral oh
5: yeah yeah exactly that's like yeah they might the country might not have fought in the war but a lot of the people
1: made their way over yeah a lot of people were like france like look we got a lot of old shit would you not bomb it what do you please. need from us <laughs> Yeah, please don't
5: bump anything on your way through the country
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it's expensive
5: it's expensive it's french like here's, a Nazi in a China shops. Here's some chocolate to take with you on your way to. And <laughs>
1: some watches. Yeah. Here's some watches and chocolate. Don't tell us what you're doing.
0: Ronald Lacey is also an English actor. He got his start in the uh, 70s uh, doing doing Shakespeare on British TV. Um, he played. Um, he was uh, the grave digger in Hamlet with. Uh, Ian Richardson, and Patrick Stewart. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: let, Such a meaty part. Yeah.
0: He uh, he did a lot of villain roles after this, of course. Uh, after this, he got to be the villain in Yellowbeard and Sahara.
1: Yellowbeard is so underrated. That's like, uh, that's Graham Chapman's yeah. movie, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. Let's see. He was Red Sonia. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he was Red Sonia. He was in Red. Well, maybe I don't know. I haven't seen it. Maybe <laughs> acting brilliant. Uh, Thank you. Um. Wow. In 1989, he got to play Winston Churchill <laughs> in a movie.
1: Dude, I could see that. He looks like him.
0: Yeah. Um. Except
1: wow. Yeah. He being passed Nazis.
0: Yeah, he passed away in 1991. Um, John Rhys Davies as Sala. Uh, probably best known after Sala as Gimli from Lord of the Rings. Um, He's reprising his role even in the new one, right? He is. He's playing Sala in the new one. I remember when the Indiana
1: Jones ride opened at Disneyland. He was the one, like celebrity, who was on the little screens in oh, the introduction. That's right. And like,
4: that's right.
1: Oh, oh Indy! And then in, when you're on the ride, you hear his voice sometimes.
4: That's right.
1: Oh, look out, Indy! <laughs> Sorry.
0: Available. Uh, <laughs> um, he was in a ton of other things. Of course, uh, he was in Victor Victoria. Uh, oh, the Living Daylights. Um, we'll see him again in Last Crusade. Um, oh, he was in Cyborg Cop. (laughs) Cyborg Cop. Cyborg (laughs) Cop sounds a lot like RoboCop. No, it's (laughs) different. He's a cyborg. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, who can forget his his uh, seminal role in The Princess Diaries Two: Royal Engagement, in which he played the Viscount Mabry. Yeah I did. Mulbright. <laughs> uh um and then Den- Denholm Elliott as Marcus Brody. Oh, uh, Denholm Elliot. Um I love yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. His career goes way, way back. Um some of the uh, highlights uh include um Alfie, uh the man in room seventeen um the, he was in the signalman um just a classic british actor throughout the from the 40s through the 80s mm-hmm. um and of course um we'd be remiss if we didn't mention one of john williams all-time great scores i love it like firing on all cylinders with this one yeah Um, I listened to a really interesting, uh, uh, very long dissection of his, uh, of the uh, main theme he has for this and how it in itself tells an adventure story. Um, musically, yeah, yeah. He's going bum 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 bum, then coming back bum bum bum. Then he's going a little further bum 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 bum, even further now. (laughs) Like I mean, he wrote the score to my childhood. Oh fuck yeah! I mean,
1: yeah. And I, now I know, you know, there are awesome, you know, Zimmerman and shit like that. But like John Williams was the first time I heard of a, a composer as like a star.
0: I owned the Superman soundtrack on a record. Yeah, I
5: used to. I used to listen to the Phantom Menace CD. Over and over mm. and over again as a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of not a lot of film
1: scores that are listenable over and over and
0: over. No, to children. Right.
1: That's that stir an emotion. And, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean prior to this he did Star Wars, of course. Um uh Empire Strikes Back, Close Encounters. Jaws. Jaws.
1: Jaws, that little cello yeah. you know, forever.
0: Boom, 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 For the rest of history,
5: well, and that's boom. his strength is finding a thing, finding the 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 little shiny thing that we all remember. Mm-hmm. You know, boom! You sing that, and ninety percent of American people are going to go.
0: Indiana Jones. Boom, yeah. Boom, yeah. Well, and he has that. Yeah, and he has that thing where he can um, he like can quote the title in the song. Superman. Star I mean, Wars. Wars. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah.
5: Interesting. I never even considered that um as a thing that was happening with the music, but that's really interesting. I was thinking of him quoting his own themes throughout oh. every other piece his whole right every score. Yeah. score is like this jeweled net of Raiders
2: are reflecting of the each other. Lost Ark. It's
0: the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It works. I mean, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Um, no, but your point is solid. I hadn't thought of that before either. No, no one on Earth goes from the first to the fifth like John Williams. That's that's his go-to move. Bum, bum, first to the fifth. But it's – it's, or in Jurassic Park, bum, 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 bum oh. from the fifth to the first. That's like – that's the <laughs> interval. He loves that interval. He uses it over and over again. And he's fucking amazing at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like Danny Elfman; like they they just they've honed their craft. Where it's definitely art, but it's to the point where it's just like perfected craft. Like they go in and they do what they're asked to do. It's just impressive.
0: And I mean, yeah, absolutely. And not even even his lesser known scores are kind of incredible. Like his score for 1941 is a banger. And it's not one anybody remembers. <laughs> um, he's uh, probably the most recent thing that was absolutely like iconic he did would be Harry Potter, score wise. Right. Yeah, the Hedwig theme. Um, although I really, really love um, both his Kylo Ren and his Ray theme for from the sequel trilogy.
5: Yeah, I I think honestly I still think some of his best
0: stuff is the prequel trilogy music. Oh, the prequel trilogy music is amazing.
5: And and not even the choir... thing. I mean, like, the the Anakin and Padme love themes. Yeah, Across the
0: Stars. Yeah,
5: Across the Stars is one of the prettiest pieces of music I've ever heard. And I've heard some cool renditions of it, and there's a lot there.
0: It's like Lawrence of
5: Arabia-sized, like... Yeah, yeah. And a lot of those songs just are just kind of remain... It's like you were talking about 1941 being a banger. It's like, we we don't really consider how good the music is in some of these things because it's just John Williams and we accept that it is good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, the, the score for Raiders of the Lost Ark is like an achievement. <laughs> um, Yeah, so... I don't know. That's about it for the production. Like I said, we're not going to go super, super deep into this. Um, Basically, the idea for anyone who doesn't know is that uh, George Lucas wanted to make a uh, movie that was like his the the old everything he'd made was like the old things from when he was a kid. All he did was rehash his childhood from the serials, the uh, like Alan Quartermain type kind of serials from when he was a kid. Just like he wanted Star Wars was him making Flash Gordon. Yeah. I mean, but that's what a lot of artists do. Mm -hmm. We have reviews.
1: I was going to say, I want to know if it hit his Karen Allen meter. Yeah, this
0: was absolutely (laughs) reviewed by Siskel and Ebert.
1: Now we come to the
3: most exciting and entertaining new movie to come along in a long time, Raiders of the Lost Ark. This one is a really great movie. It's a non-stop coaster ride of thrilling adventures, weird characters, daring exploits, and cliffhanging close calls. It's fun for a lot of reasons, but the best reason is the film's inexhaustible supply of dangerous situations. It never lets go. It moves at breakneck speed. It throws developments at us so fast we don't know when to duck. Raiders of the Lost Ark stars Harrison Ford as an intrepid American archaeologist. In this opening scene, he's trying to outsmart the booby traps in a South American temple. Now, wow. that's just the beginning while the film is getting warmed up. Later on, he gets in some really tight situations that are really difficult. Harrison Ford plays a much different character here than he did in Star Wars. He's older, he's more ragged, he's more like Humphrey Bogart, and they give him the Bogart look with that hat and mm-hmm. the three-day beard. He's right out of the treasure of the Sierra Madre. His co-star in the movie is Karen Allen. She plays a tough, resourceful American woman who was once jilted by the heartless Harrison Ford, and her response to that was to move to Tibet, open a saloon, and have a drinking contest with the Sherpas. (laughs) One day, some unexpected customers turn up, sadistic Nazis who want a golden medallion that holds the secret to the location of the lost art. Saved in the nick of time, but that's only the easy stuff. Well, she sees what she still has to get through in this movie. Raiders of the Lost Ark was made by two of Hollywood's most talented specialists in breakneck entertainment. It was produced by George Lucas, the mastermind behind the Star Wars movies. It was directed by Steven Spielberg, who made Jaws and Close Encounters of the Third Kind before he bombed a year and a half ago very badly with 1941. Well, he's back on the track now. Raiders of the Lost Ark hurdles us through a cascade of nonstop adventures. It has everything. Forgotten tombs, giant tarantulas, evil, bloodthirsty Nazis, thousands of poisonous snakes, and the best chase scene I've ever seen in a movie. I really love this one. Well,
2: so did I, and I can't recommend it no more than this one. Um, I sat there really admiring it. Mm -hmm. I just said, look at how tight this is. Look at how excellent it is. It's... it's attempt so much and hits so close mm-hmm. all the time. I really applaud all the people who had to produce this thing and make it. It's, it's marvelous. The one thing that uh, really impressed me is how they start out, as mm-hmm. you point out, with a great opening, mm-hmm. high energy. The, it could be the ending of any other picture, and we'd say, that uh-huh. yeah, was good. Uh-huh. It's the, just the beginning and then build up. Mm-hmm. Very impressive
3: film. It's just, it has a wealth of imagination. It's just like nonstop details and situations. They go all around the world. There are adventures in South America in uh, north africa in tibet in the mountains there's a submarine there's a car chase there's a motorcycle there's a lot i keep going on like this the giant boulder we haven't even mentioned the boulder yet
2: it's just wonderful and the thing that uh, i've been asked by some people is who i saw the picture with do you like it so much because it's been a rotten year and a half at the Uh movies Uh well yes a little bit that but i think if this film came out in any year i would still love it this much
1: I love it when they get it. I mean, how could you hate this movie? But. They were so excited. So yeah. like they were giddy. You could hear Dean laughing and he does not laugh. They had nothing
5: to say about the movie besides it was so good.
1: Yeah. That's and tight. You don't realize it because it's just so good, but yeah, they really they really called their shots and hit 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 the ball. I mean there are so many scenes. There is a submarine scene. There is a fucking car that goes off a cliff. There is a jet. Uh, yeah, that's wild. They just went big at a time when it was expensive to go big. Yeah. yeah. Like it was a gamble. It's not just some nerds on a computer animating it.
0: Yeah, no, they well, yeah. The they fact, had to
1: get U boats and a submarine and shit. That like,
0: that chase scene, the fact that they made that chase scene in nineteen eighty one is incredible it's still one of the best action sequences ever put to film, I think. And they suck
1: with that because the, the whole river Phoenix stuff in oh last crusade, God. like he, those were practical effects that that kid was pulling off.
0: That was amazing too. That was so good. Yeah. So, all right. Now we're there. You guys ready to jump into the movie? Start sure. The a this is Raiders of the lost art. We open in 1936, American archaeologist Indiana Jones uh, treks through the jungle of Peru. Um we, this is uh one of the they they start doing the thing where um You're muted, huh? where they have the Paramount logo turn into a mountain in it, that every yeah. Indiana Jones movie has done since. Um, is the new one from Paramount, or is it just straight Disney? Because if there's if it doesn't have Paramount attached, we're not going to get that for the first time ever.
1: That's an interesting point. The movies are on Paramount. They're not on Disney+.
0: Plus. They are. I mean, Paramount still has this. Yeah. But um, the the new one is, is a straight-up Disney joint. I'm wondering if, like, yeah. I'm wondering how that's, that's going to be sad. That's kind of like when... We lost the twentieth-century fanfare for uh, Star Wars. Yeah. it didn't. You know, it's, it's it just doesn't feel the same.
2: How far into the movie do we get before we actually learn his name?
0: Um. Yeah. We don't learn. I don't think we learn his name until Belloc. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um. Shit. What's his name? Denholm. I mean, Elliot's character. He yeah. calls him Indiana in the classroom. Oh, Belloc in Belloc. the... Yep. Yeah, when in, he takes the idol.
0: Yeah. Yes. I think that's... I think, I he think says, you're right. I think yeah. he says Indiana Jones. Yes. And that was interesting
2: because, okay, now they call it Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark, but yeah. originally it was just Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they don't even give us his name I, I. for 10 minutes. It's
1: like the um, like Dirty Harry movies or the Rambo where like... Or Death Wish, where the first one is, is its own title and... You sometimes forget, It's like oh, first blood, yeah, is the, the first Rambo the, movie. Yeah,
0: the second one was Rambo: First Blood Part Two. First Blood Two. Part Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh, he enters a temple. Well, that's a
1: good point. Al. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. The the title is about the Nazis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. They are the raiders. They're the, of the raiders office. of the tomb. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Huh. Um, or a tomb raider, if you will. Back <laughs> when
0: archaeologists could be men, <laughs> we didn't all have to be sexy ladies wearing wearing undershirts with well, with tops. large and, pointy breasts. <laughs> and
5: I mean, I hate to be the guy to bring this up immediately, but uh, do these things really belong in a museum? Well, no. Okay, yeah.
0: That's that. Uh, that's the crux of. That's the one thing I think in these that doesn't age especially well.
1: But it's the same argument that the British Museum has made since they began, which is like, well, if we leave it here, someone's just going to steal it. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. like, yeah, but, but you're, you, stealing,
1: you're you're, the one, stealing you're it. the one paying the guy who stole it. Yeah, right. But uh, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the narrative that they've used. Like, well, that's a solid gold idol; it'll just be sold on the black market. Egypt yeah. is r- buy
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Egypt is real lucky that they couldn't figure out how to take out a whole fucking pyramid, is all I got to say.
5: Yeah. Well, and they're hard to get into. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know the
1: doorman.
0: Yeah. Uh, they they require you to upload your, your, your resume and type out the same information on a web page.
1: <laughs> Just to get into the pyramid scheme.
0: Um, The pyramid scheme. All right, so uh, yeah, they go all, into a temple. All
1: jobs, or pyramid. That was
0: the first pyramid
1: scheme, right? Like, look, yeah. we're building a temple. Would you like to invest? <laughs> Wasn't well, free.
0: Um. So yeah, uh, Indiana Jones and a young Alfred Molina avoid some traps. Uh, to that. St- yeah, we I forgot to mention Doc Ox in this. hmm uh, And it
1: is. You know, like they said, it's based on, like, Alan Quartermain and those kind of, like, adventures. But all these booby traps were so exciting. Yeah. As a kid, it was just, like, I remember trying to figure out how they were put together. It was just exciting. Just the-
2: Like uh light-triggered spears?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. How does that work? Al, science us. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Lasers? How did
1: ancient man? Yeah. Lasers.
5: Pressure-sensitive tiles that are, you know, a thousand years old just Mm -hmm. happens to be in the spot where the sun.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. The light that light shining through there is only going to shine when the sun's in a certain spot. So if you
2: go at night, it'll be fine. Also, that place would probably be full
5: of mold and puddles.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no one's WD ing in. those mechanisms. Yeah, no. this movie's ruined. But they they ruined. slide like perfect. No, I just loved how exciting the booby traps were as a kid.
0: Absolutely. Um,
5: yeah. So I just I really liked how he was figuring them out. That was always the thing where he's just a step ahead of like when he puts his hand up into the sunlight. Like, no, uh, Indy, and then you see the darts,
1: and he's like, I I, I figured it out already. Because he's a he's a scientist first you know like you don't underestimate the capabilities of other people yeah they yeah. seemed primitive but they built this fucking temple mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's not take anything for granted
0: Um. so yeah uh, they steal the idol and of course you know that's iconic now with the bag and putting it on so he there. took
1: out too much sand yeah. right yeah that's yeah. the thing he shouldn't have or, taken any out or not enough or
2: not enough because it it falls when he puts the, the the pressure plate goes down, right. Rather
1: if the than weight up. is shifted at all, yeah. Too yeah. much, too little. No,
0: no matter what, it was not the right amount of sand <laughs> that we could. But be that's of. a
1: great right. That's a great storytelling device because you watch him do it, and you're like, oh my god, this dude is precise. Like he knows what the fuck. And then there's just something so great storytelling wise. That the thing just falling as, down as he turns around, he turns too. around he's walked away right? yeah. he well, didn't I, do it right he doesn't have the precision
0: well and that's okay and that's the thing and harrison ford has that that thing where you can see like like he makes the face where he's like oh shit like yeah he can be tough and surprised at the same time. yeah he's like hapless like he simultaneously is like always like on his back heel while always still being a step ahead Constantly.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, but do you ever remember Clint Eastwood like looking shocked or confused or yeah. maybe even a little yeah. scared? Indiana Jones is not
5: stoic, except no. for when it comes to female relationships. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Then H- it's a lot Human of... relationships. Yeah, actually. that's fair. Even, yes.
0: Yeah, even later on when Sala hugs him and he says, you're a good friend. <laughs> like, that's all we yeah. can get out of him.
1: We learn why in Last Crusade. Once we finally
0: meet his dad, you kind of understand why
1: he's not a fan of people (laughs) that much
0: either. Yeah, I cannot wait to get to Last Crusade. Same here. Um, Almost a perfect movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they get the idol. The big booby trap goes off. Alfred Molina tries to steal the idol from Indy. He dies in a trap. Uh, Indy narrowly escapes. There's the whole... um, uh, Boulder. Bold, well, there's the boulder, I was going to say, like sliding under the door. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, yeah, the boulder... Grabbing his hat. The boulder comes down. <laughs> Jude asks, why didn't he just stop and let the boulder go in front of him when he first saw it?
2: <laughs> grabbing yeah. his hat is from a uh, future movie. This yeah, is he's yeah.
5: grabbing oh. the whip.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whip a, he grabs.
5: It's yeah. a callback later on. Yeah. Right. Hat.
0: Yeah. But, um, and I had to actually think about that. And I think the thing is that the boulder... Seals off the exit. He'd be trapped in there if he let the boulder go first. I, yeah, I
5: think you're oh, right. Oh, it does seal off the exit yeah. at the very end. Yeah. The boulder doesn't come out of the
0: yeah. tunnel. Yeah, it just <laughs> boom, stops there.
1: <laughs> yeah. it, it, Ella does the same thing. Just drops insane logic that we
0: for 40 years haven't thought about. And But then Jude was like, well, I'm sure he could find another way out. I was like, I don't know. Could he though? <laughs> gets- right. That would have added a scene. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so uh, outside he finds rival archaeologist Rene Belloc and a local tribe that Belloc has befriended. So this so is the French. second.
5: This is the second rival that we've seen. The first one was dead as they entered the the what's it called? Yeah, the the temple. You could see him go like, "Oh, Frank, whoops!" You know, just keeps walking. That
0: so he's not the name. only one.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that there's a lot of uh, his contemporaries who are scheming and dying left and
0: right. And he does they they do the thing that um was done that Spielberg and Lucas like to do where it's a lived-in world. So like like Belloc we get a sense of a history between Belloc and Indy but we don't actually know any of the details. He says once again we see that there's nothing you can possess that I cannot take away.
1: Yep. That's great storytelling. Once again, does so much work. Mm -hmm. It's just like the showing of the map when they travel to different locations. It's just so economical. Yeah. So perfect.
0: Well, and just thinking of how big of a journey that would be in 1936 is incredible.
5: I mean, shit, if you did that today, it'd be the biggest trip you probably took in a decade. Absolutely.
0: Well,
1: if you were putting such a large scale movie together, you'd be like, I don't want to waste time. Mm-hmm. See him get on and off passenger airplanes. I don't yeah. want to see them getting on a boat unless it's a swashbuckling type well, situation. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah. And doing it with the map that creates both a sense of like, like adventure and mystery and like globe like, trotting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Indy does escape into a waiting seaplane, um, we never, I, uh, t- in my mind as a kid, that was like Indy's best friend in the seaplane. plane, <laughs> but like, we never yeah, see him again. Jock. Yeah. Jock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never, never seen see him again. Never again. And he has some, like, I think fun... it was because of the snake. He's mm.
1: like, oh. you're not my friend anymore, Jock. <laughs> you have a pet snake. I know Jock could have been some. He had some like launchpad pad McQuack energy He's yeah. fishing off his boat, <laughs> just waiting <laughs>
5: I uh, love the the, uh, the Yankees cap as a New Yorker-American marker mm. thing, too. It's it's a very easy visual signifier. Absolutely.
0: Because yep. if he was wearing,
5: like, an Orioles cap or something, we'd be like, huh, what's with the bird on the hat? Yeah. And we were Who still
1: you're? called— Internationally, we were still called Yankees by a lot of people, yeah. too. So, it, like, it, it, yeah,
0: it fits. God, just the economy of storytelling. Every single right. thing in this is just a perfect trigger Nothing for everything. Than- um, so they returned to the United States. Indy teaches a class at Marshall college. I love that his female students are like, look at our teachers, Harrison Ford. Did That's you it.
5: notice the proportion of male to female students? in the Right. Class? I was just yeah. there are say, about three men there. In they're
1: incredibly in interested in our yeah well, Yeah.
5: And I, I like the detail that he had to spell out the word lithic.
1: Yeah. Oh, R- yeah. R- that G- H- classic R- teacher. C- right,
5: yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, am I am I doing this right? Because he is he doesn't belong in the classroom. You know, right. economy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So much we learned so much about him and his life through such t- a short, simple, uh, scene, uh, and
1: through conversation. Most of the time, that sounds so clunky because, and we've brought it up where it's like these are two characters that have known each other for decades. They. Talk like they're just trying to give us exposition. Mm-hmm. Not not in these movies. Those are legit conversations.
0: Yeah, no. And he's talking and like it, yeah. When 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 uh when uh uh what's his face? Denholm Elliott. Um what is his character's name again? It is uh Brody. When when Brody comes in and he's like, Yes, 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 of course. The university will buy them as always. Like it tells us so much about how they work and how they know each other
5: well and there are objects that we didn't see indy grab yes that's the thing like he's there are other things happening on this journey uh, Yeah, so much happens off screen and it doesn't feel like we're missing out it's just reinforcing the that's the realism
1: that's a great point and it's something that i've always loved about the indiana jones movies obviously because of the way human beings age they're chronological but they're more the exploits Of this adventurer, Mm. so and they set that up. This is the first movie, but they set it up like you just said: of he's got another artifacts, Um, so much so that like people like Belloc have now learned that Indy will go in and get it, and we just have to take it from Indy, kind of thing. So I just love that there are exploits. Yeah, they're not necessarily related. They're based on the artifact.
0: Well, and 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 the fact that they set Temple of Doom before Raiders of the Lost Ark afterwards was so. Mm such an important choice in, in right. how they to, to communicate to us, how they see the filmmakers see this series. Well, right. And at this point,
5: star Wars was very similar to this. You know, we were, we were stepping into a moment in the lives of this conflict.
1: Yeah, that's true. But there was a more distinct chronology, you know, <laughs> like we got to get the plans. We got to blow up the death star. True. It's like here, we're watching indie when he searches for the Ark. He's, he searched for lots of other stuff. But we're watching this story is yeah. Adventures of kind uh, of thing.
0: Well yeah, and it, it became a I interrupted. It, it became the staple of the films that he's on one adventure at the beginning, which sparks another uh-huh. adventure he goes on.
1: It's like a Simpsons B <laughs> plot. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's the, why that the, happened. The continuing adventures of
0: mm-hmm. So uh yeah. Anyways, the the government is there. Uh, the knots, they explained to Indy and Brody that the Nazi German forces are excavating at Tanis, Egypt. One of their telegrams mentions Indy's former mentor, Abner Ravenwood. Indy thinks the Nazis are looking for the Ark of the covenant.
1: So that's all true. Uh, Hitler was obsessed with the occult and oh, they yeah. were way obsessed with getting, gathering as many artifacts as they could.
5: Well, I mean, uh, and not just the occult. I mean, Hitler wanted to make Berlin the center of the world. Yeah, and that's how yeah. you do it: is you make people right. come, come there. Yeah,
0: um, right. So, yeah, yeah good point. Uh, India explains the whole thing. This, this is our big exposition drop. This explains the entire uh, MacGuffin of the arc. Um,
1: so and it's just so. Beautifully simple. We got to get it before they get
0: it. Yeah. Well, yeah. At okay. Fir- so first I've got to get this medallion that will show us where the Ark is, and then I can get the Ark before they do. It's that simple. Medallion gives us the Ark. <laughs> we get the Ark from the Nazis. Um, but, I love they're
1: like, what are these beams of light? Like, I don't know, fire. Lightning, yeah. whatever, yeah, like whatever. That's the superstition part. They're beams, yeah. Yeah.
5: What is it that know. they say? Uh, any Power army, any army that has the ark at the front is unstoppable, mm-hmm. invincible. Yeah, <laughs>
1: except the Hebrews, apparently. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah,
5: fair. Well, they made the mistake of like we should just bury this here for a little while. I guess that's why everything went the way.
1: I once it. read a story that it. Was supposedly in this uh, church in Ethiopia, guarded by Sephardic Jews that wouldn't let anyone well, I've heard, in. I've actually yeah, heard, I've heard that too. About. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Interesting though.
0: Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we cut to Indy's house. Brody tells him that the army wants him to find the Ark before the Nazis. They're going to bankroll the uh, expedition. Indy's going to start by looking for Ravenwood in Mongolia, which is the last place he knew of him being. Where does uh, Indiana live? This is in California. Marshall College is where he oh. teaches.
1: I always thought it was Oxford because it's I did like too. the I was, museum. Yeah,
2: for a long time, uh, especially, I think, maybe because of the British guy, Brody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then actually just watching the the map and when they, they flew out mm-hmm. to Mongolia, uh, they fly over the Golden Gate.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they take off from California. Um yeah, it wasn't until this viewing that it clicked to me that he's in California. I in my brain he was always on the East Coast.
1: Same. In my brain he was in he taught at Oxford yeah. because the way Brody was always like the museum will buy it. The yeah. we mm. like it I, Interesting. I guess Marshall yeah. College like I just assume yeah. he meant the British Museum because especially at that time.
0: Yeah. yeah there was
1: no other the museum. Yeah,
0: I mean that, that would make sense. Um it's interesting how they don't go to any great pains to explain it to us in any way.
1: Because it doesn't matter, and yeah. I love it. Yeah.
0: Um, but it
2: makes sense that, I mean, uh, given future movies, that he'd be a Western boy.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Western
2: U.S.
1: Yeah. Well, in The Last Crusade, we see that because that's he's out with his scout troop. Mm-hmm. But they're out exploring what looks like Monument Valley. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that um, makes forget. sense. I just never put it
0: together. I forget that Indy matter. was a
5: Boy Scout. Makes Absolutely.
0: sense. Absolutely. Like, classic
5: Baden-Powell vibe, too, with the look and everything. Mm.
0: Huh. Um, so Indy gets on a plane and takes what must be a harrowing journey over the Pacific on on a uh, 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 Pan Am. Um, yeah. How
1: much trust they had. <laughs> I don't
0: even trust now. Um, we get the mysterious looking bad guy in the black leather trench coat and the the round glasses boarding the plane with him keeping an eye on Indy we cut to a bar in Nepal where we meet Marion Ravenwood Abner's daughter and the proprietor of the bar she wins a drinking contest and Uh, how
1: yeah she does it's just so classic the guy's just smiling so huge and then just
4: Leans no. over. Yes, I remember that does dude. not
1: face down on the table, not nothing tired like that. He just slips out of existence.
0: That dude He's and so his hammered big, his big smiling face was just burned into my mind, brain as a kid. Yeah. I always thought that was a woman. Oh huh.
2: I always thought it was ambiguous.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I
1: I always just took for granted that it like she could. Take down any dude.
0: Yeah, that was what I was thinking. That is, Walks into her bar like, like that. This was showing her character that she's, you know, she can she can hang with the guys. She's she can hold her well, own. way
1: past hang. Yeah, she's not even drunk when she drinks from that shot out barrel. Ah, uh, God, such a great shot. Just yeah, uh, grabbing some liquor before she goes back into battle.
0: Yeah, and th- this is a this again, just the economy of storytelling. We learn everything we need to know about her. Without them telling us anything. No one's ever like, Marion, she's a tough gal. Like, right. That's uh, Spielberg, man. Yeah. Um, So she's uh, hostile towards Indy when he arrives because they used to be in a relationship. It's interesting that this is one of those things where she was clearly like a teenager and he, he was, he was it was inappropriate, but she calls him out for it being inappropriate. Yeah. Cause it's like my dad was
1: your mentor and it's like taking advantage of a captive audience kind of thing.
0: Well, yeah. And also like it, I was a child, it was wrong and you knew it. That's what I
1: meant. But like, she was in such close proximity to him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, he offers Marion $5,000 for uh, that. I did, I, I, I plugged that into uh, an inflation calculator. That's a hundred grand in today's money.
1: Yeah. It's a large amount. And what does he have three on him?
0: Yeah. He's got $3,000. She just, she just takes it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, She's like, come back tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. We'll
1: see. Uh, and she's wearing it. Another great like adventure story twist.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's like
1: you think it's buried or you think it's in an elaborate temple. Like we saw in the beginning of the movie, it's just around her neck mm-hmm. at all times.
0: Um, Then the Nazis show up. They're going to start torturing Marion for the whereabouts of the headpiece. But Indy comes back and saves her. Uh, Helps fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, he saves her from getting burned in that moment. And then after that, that they're equals and they they fight together to stop the Nazis. Um, They
1: go to lengths to make you understand she's not a damsel in distress. But you're right. Like she was up against it at that moment. Yeah.
0: But yeah, and then she helps Indy like at at points throughout that. Um, mm-hmm. Tote burns his hand on the medallion, which is in the flames for a while because the bar uh, gets set on fire. Um,
1: I guess you could say that like Indy's smart, but she's clever.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and another you know it, it again telling us so much about Indy where he's like being held down. And he's just like whiskey.
1: Like, would he have hopped in a wicker basket? I don't think so. No. Like, He would have kept running until he had to turn around and face him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, they managed to uh, kill all of the Nazis, except for Tote, who runs away. <laughs> and Marion tells Indy that now she's his partner, and they're going to go get the Ark together. We get another map montage as they head to Cairo. And there they meet Sala, Indy's old friend. I like that the money
5: being destroyed is the reason why they became partners.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That three thousand dollars and whatever she had in Nepali money <laughs> there.
1: Plus, we in meet the whole bar.
0: Yeah, her. Yeah, her living. Her. Yeah. yeah. Because the
1: Nazis were drawn there by Indy. Yeah, it's just.
0: We also meet the you burned biggest down my, rat. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, no, you. You burned down my life. We're partners now. Yeah,
1: exactly. Give me. Yeah. So we also meet the biggest fucking rat in all of movie history. That monkey. The, t- the tiny monkey.
0: Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The double agent monkey.
1: <laughs> Who's only wearing a vest because he's wearing a wire. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. So, yeah, they meet. Sala. I mean,
1: you you want to love
2: that monkey, but he's a Nazi.
0: He's no Annie's yeah. boobs, I'll tell you that.
1: Or, or a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> He's a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah,
0: he is. Uh, so uh, they, yeah, um, Belloc is there with the Nazis, digging all over the desert, trying to find the Ark. Um, Sala tells Indy they've somehow find have a partially recreated version of the medallion. Marion the gets, staff. Well, they've got the staff mm-hmm. and part part of the medallion.
1: But then their staff is the wrong height.
0: Right, because they only have <laughs> part of the medallion. <laughs> it's thicker, but it's just not as long. <laughs> it's the girth of the staff. Is it's good, fine. but the length it leaves you wanting. Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, Indy and Marion go out on the town. Uh, we, the uh, monkey goes to his handler and tells him about... Indeed. The monkey does a fucking Heil Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. See, uh
1: his, his one-eyed master. Yes.
0: <laughs> the
1: monkey's like, look, I don't like the way he does it, but he's got a lot of great ideas. <laughs> he's like, well, the monkey trains run out of time.
0: <laughs> I mean, the monkey did just get 18 years for January 6th, so... <laughs>
1: That's a dead monkey, Ben. <laughs> You're looking at a
0: dead monkey. The the monkey was one of the founders of the Proud Boys. Um, so
1: <laughs> he does look proud in
0: his little vest. <laughs> uh, um, you know, when I wear nothing but a vest and a fez, I get arrested. <laughs> but that monkey can go anywhere. <laughs> he's a fucking.
1: He's a federal informant. <laughs>
0: Um. Yes. Yeah, so uh, there's a big chase sequence, the action sequence, as the Nazis are trying to kidnap Marion and uh, kill Indy. This is we get the famous uh, scene where there's a the guy with the sword that Indy sh- just shoots, which uh, famously was there was meant to be a big action sequence between them, but Harrison Ford was sick. And not feeling up to it, so he wasn't able to uh rehearse it, so they just changed the scene where he just shoots the guy.
2: And not just him, like him and a bunch of the crew got food poisoning.
0: Mm.
1: All right. But it's a great uh, scene, it looks like they recreated it in the new one coming up, but opposite-wise? Yeah. Where he's got his whip and he's doing all these whip tricks, and then a <laughs> bunch of people pull guns on him? Yeah. Um.
2: Yeah, man. but uh, I just love the the attitude on his face, just like I don't have time for this, right?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's
0: exactly it. <laughs>
2: Give
1: me a break. This the dude with this giant scimitar.
0: I feel like this was the first modern action film in a lot of ways. Um, it has, I mean, because I mean, Jaws was the first blockbuster, but it wasn't an action film. This was the first no. modern action film. I feel in a lot of ways that set the template for everything up through the modern MCU movies. Um, where and it, it
1: seems like a small part, but we had been like even to that point conditioned that like real heroes don't use guns,
4: mm-hmm. but,
1: but then, like Al said, it was just like, I, I gotta get on with my life, like, I have to <laughs> keep going, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, Yeah, that's what you would do. Well, yeah, Dude just brought you, a knife to a gunfight
0: <laughs> using bathos, um, just, just completely, um, uh, completely, like, just uh. For for com- for comedic purposes, uh, um, completely just undermining <laughs> the action that mm-hmm. happens so much now, like um, like uh, like an Endgame, where <laughs> when he's in the when uh Cap's in the elevator and he says "Hail Hydra," like it's like yeah, um. So all right, they uh, Indy thinks Marion is dead in a fiery car crash. Um, so he tries to drink away his troubles. He confronts Belloc in a cafe. Um, Belloc and some, and pretty much everyone in the cafe is going to kill Indy though. But he gets rescued by some kids, Sala's kids. Sala's got Uncle a lot Indy, of kids. Uncle Indy.
1: Uncle uh, Indy. Uncle Indy. Yeah. I'd be like, you accept anyone pretty quick. That monkey, you were like, well, I guess
0: he's a part of our family. <laughs> it's like, hold on.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Sala takes Indy to an imam who deciphers the medallion for Indy. One side has a warning and the uh, some measurements, but on the other side there's an important piece of the measurements that the Nazis don't have. They realize the Nazis are digging in the wrong place, and also a Nazi collaborator tries to poison Indy but only gets the monkey.
2: What were the units of measurement, like the, the Kadesh or something like that?
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't I know, it was, it. but it was
2: like seven kadesh high, and then on the back, it's like, but take one kadesh to honor the Hebrew <laughs> God. Is, is that yeah. a circumcision
1: reference? <laughs> I yeah. just just cut it off, just a little bit.
0: <laughs> uh, Indian Salah infiltrate the Nazi dig site. They use the Madel. Anything
1: but the metric system, right? <laughs>
0: Anything uh yeah what was it um there's a meteorite the size of like four large couches was an actual like, <laughs> like
1: yeah or football fields we love to measure things yeah, in it's that. like come on guys. um it's all an australian comic talk about he's it. like you you measure things in minutes is uh, how far's the airport oh it's about 23 minutes so if i wait here in 23 minutes the airport will appear <laughs> Uh.
2: Uh, depends on how fast you drive.
1: Right. It's an inaccurate measurement oh, yeah. <laughs> of time. <laughs> it is time. It's an inaccurate measurement of distance.
0: Uh, so, yeah, they, they they figure out the actual location of the Well of Souls, where the Ark is resting. Indy um, discovers that Marion's still alive and being held captive by Belloc, but he leaves her there because he knows if he takes her, they'll instantly start looking for him.
2: Wait, what? Well, maybe this was the first mystical thing when they're in uh, the the map room when when Indy's in the map room. And, oh,
0: uh, and it shines through the medallion. And it shines through the, was,
2: the medallion at a specific time. The the shining what?
0: light. It felt mystical.
1: It felt mystical,
0: really? but it is just it's light. Felt precise. It is just light. It's not like I don't. I don't think there was a mystical, like hand to yeah, God. It felt
1: precise. It felt almost scientific. You know, like. You want to think that it's God shining a light through the medallion, but it's really if you find the right hole and put it in the right place.
2: Right. That's it, sort of a sundial kind of thing. You have to right. find the right date uh, to to put it in. But just the way the light shone. Yeah. Uh, just so, suddenly mm-hmm. like a beam of light rather oh, than yeah, just, I... just the regular. Because you saw the red, yeah, red. Mm-hmm. of the, the medallion as it traveled, and then it got to the right place. I don't know the just the sun. yeah, you're right. It, hit it just the right way, so slightly mystical
0: it yeah, no, it had a feel to it, um, so they start digging through the night to find the well of souls while Marion and Belloc drink um she tries to escape, but she's stopped by tote tot tot, tot, who has a, tot who has a who has who has the world's most uh a dangerous uh, clothes hanger with him. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, Does he have a tote bag? Ha! <laughs> a tote
1: bag? Uh, yeah, he
0: flies around. Indy and Sala get into the Well of Souls, which is infested with snakes. They go down into the chamber to recover the Ark, uh, which is a golden intri- intricately carved chest. But uh, Belak and the Nazis discover them and seize it, leaving Indy in the buried chamber. They throw Marion down with him and seal it back up.
1: Hitler's like, we could defeat the Jews if we just find that Jewish (laughs)
0: artifact." Right. Indy and Marion escape the chamber by knocking down a wall. I still to this day have not ever found in the film itself, there's a uh, a hieroglyph of uh, C-3PO and R2-D2 somewhere in there. I've never spotted it. In the wild, right. personally, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: they're in the ride,
1: yeah, <laughs> in the different like chambers of the ride.
0: Um, yeah, the Nazis. Let's see. So, but oh, what a cool set! Those giant like oh. Anubis
1: and mm-hmm. you know the yeah, just what a set to be. One of
0: my favorite
2: moments is when they open up the the top of the Well of Souls, and uh, the lightning strikes, and Solace sees the statue. It's like, put, oh, what's
0: uh, the thing about uh, in uh, front uh, of
1: his face? Oh. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, when they find the arkets with their hands. I love that too.
0: That's some real character actor acting <laughs> that he's Jonathan Rhys davis is doing. Yeah. Um <laughs> So, uh they get out um and they <laughs> get, Indy goes and uh gets in a fight with a big Nazi <laughs> and blow up a plane. Um That was
2: this that, is an intense fight scene. It really is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and the way it
0: ends with like this, the splatter of blood from the the props.
2: Um, and Marion, uh, she conks out the pilot who's trying to shoot Indy, while the the big German is is fisticuffing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that, plane and she gets doesn't have she a-
2: gets trapped in the plane. It's. I don't I don't know the word to describe it, uh, but in, intricate, and very mouse- quick s- storytelling mouse mouse trap kind of yeah. yeah. thing.
0: Every action sequence in this whole movie it's is an edge intricate, of your like, seat. Yeah, edge of your seat, but like intricate. One thing leads to another. There's always a cause and effect. Oh. It's never just like something just happens. Right. Yeah,
5: nothing is superfluous.
0: Yeah. Um, so uh, the Nazis instead put the ark on a truck and try to what dru- truck.
2: What truck? Sorry, yeah, no. <laughs> it's a line from the movie. It is. <laughs> what truck?
0: Yeah, what truck? And then that that yeah, is like um, is all like I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along. Line <laughs> is great, and then he just bursts out of a tent on a horse. So cool. Yeah, and then this this sequence, this chase truck action sequence, is incredible.
2: Wilhelm scream at one hour,
1: 24 and one second. That's right. Um, is that when the Jeep goes over the clip?
0: No, it's when, when uh, it's later. It's when a guy falls out of the back of a truck onto the hood of a Jeep and then onto the road. Gotcha. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, this whole thing. Um, and so many of these shots, you can see Harrison Ford's face when he's like hanging off the truck in places mm-hmm. he did a mm-hmm. lot of this himself yeah um,
2: Andy gets shot in the shoulder mm. when he's driving mm-hmm. yep um, yeah going going out the front of the truck I feel like cli- climbing underneath
0: mm-hmm. I feel like the yeah I feel like that is kind of the peak of this sequence when he's hanging off the front of the truck and he goes underneath and puts the whip on. The bottom of the truck and pulls himself back up. It just,
1: this movie just constantly gives the audience so much credit because that is, you would catch a bullet. Now we're so used to like a hail of gunfire and people just running out of the way of the bullets. You know, it's like he caught one in the shoulder because it's like that's what's going to (laughs) happen. It's just, yeah. Well, and he's been dodging bullets the whole movie,
5: running away. Right. But yeah, you can only dodge so many bullets before. Yeah. That one's bound to hit you. They move fast. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now that wouldn't even enter into a writer's yeah. mind. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just didn't connect on all those, like, close gunshots in a truck
5: yeah. cab. Well, yeah, I don't expect Indiana Jones to get shot in this next
0: movie, too. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's like the John Wick thing. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, I like the John Wick movies, but... It's ridiculous. The close-up yeah. gun fights. Um. So, uh, yeah, they he gets the truck, he steals it away from the Nazis. He gets the Ark back. Um, with Saul's help, he arranges transport of the Ark on a uh, tramp steamer. Some pirates. Um, Mister Katanga's ship. Yeah, that's right. Yep. The, this guy, I'm the captain now, that motherfucker is. That that guy gets it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, they're intercepted by a German U-boat. They
2: seize the Ark. Oh, oh, wait. One of my other favorite moments of this movie um, is the, the mirror gag. Mm. When she flips the mirror over, he's like completely in pain. <clears> throat> and throat> she turns the mirror over and smacks him in the jaw. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Th- this yeah. is this is where we get his, oh, for... yeah, we get the, uh, his his uh, line. Uh, it ain't the years, honey; it's the mileage.
2: It shows his vulnerability, like he's dog tired. Yeah, right now, and he's he, not. He, he, he did just nibble. run through all of that and come out unscathed. He got
1: beat to right. shit. They give us credit, like I said. Mm-hmm. Nothing's dumbed down for us.
5: Yeah. So is he of the age to have missed World War One? Right? Mm. He's probably, probably. served because that's by nineteen
0: armistice happened. 36? Yeah, nineteen nineteen. Nineteen, 19, yeah. 19 eighteen. 19, 18 Franz which got was, got was shot? Yeah, which was eighteen years earlier. He was probably probably he probably than, just missed it because I he's like in his late thirties here. He probably just missed World War I.
1: Three cousins had a rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> we had World War I. All
0: of those men had to die. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Three cousins that all kind of looked the same. Like, Oh, yeah. They were first cousins, too. What mm-hmm. was it? It was King George,
1: Kaiser Wilhelm, and Tsar Nicholas.
0: Yeah. Well, and have you seen the pictures of them standing together? They look like they're fucking brothers. Yeah. 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 But that tells
1: you what the royal families of Europe are, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, start digging into Habsburgs. Yeah. Very yeah. close. Yeah, they, they Right. Tsar. Yeah. Yes. Interesting.
0: So, um, yeah, Indy manages to sneak onto the submarine, which is an incredible awesome. scene. Um, They uh, travel to the Aegean Sea. Um, Belloc intends to test the power of the Ark before giving it to Hitler. On the island, Indy ambushes the Nazi group. Wait, 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 wait. Did you call it the Aegean Sea? Aegean (laughs) Sea, sorry. Uh, Aegean Sea. Might as
5: well call it the Aegean Sea if you want to get real freaky with it.
1: It's totally gay.
0: The Egg Sea. (laughs) It's the Sea of Eggs. (laughs) Egg (laughs) Sea. Yeah, so... uh, uh, He's going to destroy the Ark with a grenade launcher. But uh, he surrenders after Belloc talks to Indy, telling him he knows Indy would never destroy something so historically significant. Um, so he surrenders. Imagine
1: carrying that thing around for forty years in the desert. <laughs> like, do we really need this shit, Moses? <laughs> yeah, haven't we memorized it by now? Uh,
0: the Nazis restrain Indian Marion at the testing site. They tie them to a pole, um, and. Belloc opens up the Ark does a ceremony. Inside is only sand. Um, but then then we start getting some g- 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 ghosts or something.
1: We'll be one Joseph.
0: Yeah, we I mean it's we, we see people flying around like spirits, kinda, in addition to like just the rays and the lightning and stuff coming out. Um and the Nazis all get melted. <laughs> The Indian and Marion are okay because they close their eyes; they don't look at it. Um, the Nazis get melted. The Ark politely closes itself back up. I loved
2: how I loved how the uh, the three main guys um, their heads all went away in different ways. Yeah, like the <laughs> the the actual the the one that was dressed like a Nazi, his face just kind of imploded. Um. Uh, Totes, Totes' face melted off, Mm -hmm. and uh, Bellox exploded. Yeah. The Ark
1: respects rank. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Uh, We cut back to Washington, D.C. sometime later. The government um, rewards Indy for securing the Ark, but they have taken it and won't tell them where. They say that the Ark's somewhere safe and is being looked at by top men. Who? Top men.
1: It's at Area 51, we find out. No there. bottom men,
0: just top men. Um yeah. Then we cut to the warehouse and the like the warehouse shot where it's like just goes on and on and crate after crate after crate. Um great. Well they bring it shot. back in
1: Chris in Crystal Skull. That's where he fights Cape Blanchett in the warehouse.
0: They do. They bring it back. Um one of my many issues with crystal skull but um um yeah yes, i didn't hate it the way i was supposed to i tried to like i wanted to like it i it was hard i don't know i haven't seen it in a long time we'll see how i feel now but um it had monkeys it did it had rubber snakes it's one of those where it's CGI like that monkeys.
1: That's, that's not my favorite adventure of his but it's one of his adventures
0: Fair, fair. And like I said, I haven't seen it in a long time. We'll see how I feel this time around. It's been a very, very. It's, it's well,
1: what I said is no excuse for poor filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, I
0: mean, okay. Filmmaking is filmmaking. Yeah. So, but yeah. But yeah, an all time great last shot there. Like it says so much. Every Everything in this movie says so much with so little. That's what Oh, just the Ark
2: buried there. in a
1: in a warehouse? Yeah, yeah,
0: in a sea of crates that are exactly the same as this, with, like, of course, being the unstated question of, like, what's in all the other crates?
1: Right, what else is in there? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, incredible movie. Incredible movie. Um, The only unanswered question I have is, how did he get inside the submarine? <laughs> did the submarine stay above water the whole way? And he just Maybe. rode on top? Or did he, like get into a hatch somewhere and hide.
5: I don't know. I think, I don't think that the U-boats go to a super deep
2: level. So they may have just been oh, traveling with that's it. part just of above. their charm. So, so he was like riding on the top with just his head above water.
5: Well, no, I don't think
2: that they, <laughs> that they fully submerged. Did we see them fully? Submerged? Called
0: the, we never saw called them the fully.
2: Periscope.
5: Su-
0: yeah. We never
5: saw them fully yeah. submerge. Cause American submarines and Soviet submarines and stuff. Go deep, but the U boat was just the U boats. Oats. Not
0: so much. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: It, yeah. it needed short range. Yeah, so
0: yeah. Um, that's Raiders of the Lost Ark, guys. Uh, any other unanswered questions? No, man. Uh, it's, it's a it's a pretty good movie.
1: My question uh, is, why didn't more of us turn out to be archaeologists
0: after? Yeah, you'd think there would have been a lot of archaeologists in the eighties. Yeah, like people were still
1: like marine biology i i tried
2: actually mm. that's you did i mean i don't have, have a degree anthropology. in anthropology archaeology i do have a degree in anthropology but that's a lot um, on adventures a, a question an unanswered question from uh i guess the big bang theory <laughs> the show uh, or the theory did. Yeah. Did Indiana Jones actually do anything in this movie?
0: Right. So that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, so. I've never seen that if, show. If Indiana Jones had just done nothing, the Nazis still would have all gotten melted. That's, that's like. But then of- it would have
1: been left in the hands of, It's again, it's that museum question. Mm. If I don't do anything, who's going to do something with it? You're right. The Nazis but then if, he hadn't,
2: it. if he hadn't been there, it never would have gotten back to the United States.
0: Yeah, that's right. true.
2: That's that's what that's I mean. Like uh, Marion might
0: have been killed. Yeah, might the Nazis probably would have killed Marion. It wouldn't have been. she still better. have the
1: medallion no matter what.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. Indy was necessary for it to be good, for it to have a good I ending. Think so. Yeah. It's a bit
1: reductive. For, for
2: it to be a real story.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And also... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's his adventures. We're not here. We're not interested. It's a MacGuffin. We're not interested in really the arc in and of itself. Right. We're interested in it's, in India.
1: That's why they start off with an inconsequential hunt. You know, like you're just that's just to get you interested in how this dude does his thing. Mm-hmm. It's never about the artifacts. No, never.
2: It would have been less entertaining without Indiana Jones.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like why do we make this movie <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of well, the title is the Nazis
0: yeah that's right uh, so I don't know any final thoughts guys it's Raiders
2: I love it there was a character it. named Gobbler in this
0: <laughs>
2: awesome Gobbler's now uh, I, I think it was Gobbler but mm. still oh, Gobbler
0: yeah yeah still spell it out the nazis were all kind of gobblers anyways
1: it doesn't make a lot of sense why he would be there but um i used to think for a moment that like the german soldier that officer that comes up to him and gives him shit for his disheveled uniform i used to think maybe that was hitler because they don't show him and he looks so shocked Mm. but then they do that later on don't they?
0: yeah he does meet hitler in in the third one yeah
1: so it's probably just a high-ranking Nazi officer. He, he gets Hitler's autograph. He does, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, all right. On the map. <laughs> or in his journal, that's right.
0: Yeah, his dad's journal. Um, All right. Well, that's Raiders, guys, um, which means next week we're going to be watching The Temple of Indiana Jones and The Temple of Doom. Um. <laughs> that one my favorite one that's your that was is it it was no it was <laughs> no. But, <laughs> I still love it it's the one that I, I probably too. watched the most as like a kid because it like came out at a time when like when when we when I, we had a VCR and it was like new at that point mm-hmm. so and I we watched, were a little older yeah I watched it a bunch so. I didn't realize
1: until Last Crusade how much I liked him looking for religious artifacts, and how I liked that Nazis were involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I love Temple of Doom, but it's totally departed, which makes sense. Mm, Continuing those, adventures of, but I once then I realized I was like, no, I like him looking for those were Spooky still religious species. artifacts. Fair enough. They, they were just weren't Judeo Christian anthropo- artifacts. Yes, you're right.
0: They were but but I mean. there there wasn't like
1: anthropologists. There,
0: there wasn't a there wasn't a bunch of like fascists in uniforms after him though, which seems to somehow be an ingredient that's necessary.
1: Well we we liked seeing Nazis get defeated. I, I really think it's weird that went away. <laughs> yeah. <it is. laughs> we used to love to see him take their shit.
5: Yeah. Uh, uh, this, this
2: is, is uh Raiders, okay, from Wikipedia, Raiders can be interpreted as a Jewish fantasy about punishing the Nazis for the Holocaust.
0: All right, I mean, um, sure. I,
2: I, I mean, it's like pre. Uh, what was that, Tarantino movie?
1: Oh, uh, oh, Inglorious Bastards.
2: Inglorious Bastards.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a fantasy about sure.
2: punishing yeah.
1: the Nazis. Well, Spielberg grew up with that same ideal that Mel Brooks had. Like, they have to be made a joke. Mm-hmm. Hitler's dead. We can't get revenge on Hitler. So we have to make sure that history remembers them as a fucking joke, a bunch of clowns, which was successful until only recently. <laughs> yep.
0: Yes, it was. But that <laughs> that, that was the idea. Movies. Like, hear the to bad guys. It is.
5: Yeah. It, Black and red looks cool to some people. <sighs> That's true. Not to say that that's all it is, but, uh...
1: No, but uh, the symbology has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It has a lot to do with
0: it. It does. Alright. The Nazis
2: stole all their iconography. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. Including the swastika. Absolutely. they, They stole the swastika.
1: Because, again, he was into mysticism in
2: different areas. Yeah. Fuck the Nazis. Yeah. Fuck it. Fuck the Nazis. Fuck so them. that's it.
0: That's it for uh, for us this week. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week on uh, what we do, Temple of Doom. This has been your host, Thoreau Smiley, and I'm going to go punch some Nazis. <laughs> I'm Josh
1: CC and I am in the Monkey Witness Protection Program. Who
2: knows? Maybe in a thousand years, this episode will be worth something. I'm <laughs> Ryan Lash. Why did it have to be snakes? I'm Alaric Weber.
0: Uh, We'll see you next time, guys. Bye.